Good, uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the USL show, uh, episode two of the 2.0 variety. Uh, I am I'm your host, as always, joined by a few of my favorite gentlemen and my uh, my soccer friends. First and foremost, the USL stat department, Ryan Allen. Hello. Uh, we just call him Pony. Some people call him Evan, but to avoid confusion, it is the Indomitable City Soccer's resident Pony. Hey, how are you guys all doing? All right. And then uh, joining us... For the first time, a lot of people said, there's too many Eastern Conference guys on your show, which, how about you win some titles first? <laughs> um, but but I relented, and I said, okay, fine, I get it. You might want to hear from someone who's not from you know the Eastern Seaboard. So we found uh, Kevin McCamish from Stumptown Footy and Play the Kids, the, the podcast that covers Portland Timbers 2. Uh, he's also the cream in your coffee, but Kevin, Kevin, how are you? Doing very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for. Um, it, it's great. I like to sneak attack people on whether or not they're going to be on the on the podcast or, or you know that round of, of you and uh, and, uh, and Carson Merck. I kind of felt bad for because I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're going to be on it sometimes too, and he had no idea that that was happening. Um, I felt like Ty Pennington at the beginning of Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Um, <laughs> but with I, I used a megaphone and everything. It was it was great. Uh, anyway, this is the USL show. The uh, the best place to get all the news and such related to the USL. Uh, we are a part of the Beautiful Game Network podcast, thanks to Mike Sparks and the like. Uh, but guys, I, I guess we'll get into it. Um, Off-seasons don't tend to be this exciting, but but here we are. Uh, the big news, Mitch Hildebrandt moving to Atlanta United. Yeah, I think a lot of us saw it as a good possibility with the signings going from Cincinnati. They picked up a cup, uh, Richie from Vancouver, who... You don't pick up as a backup. He should be starting in the USL. He's that good. When that one come came, I think we we're just thinking it's a matter of time and where's Hildebrink going to land? Has he got a better offer from a USL team? Is he going to MLS or is he going to explore some second tier European team like people sometimes like to do? <laughs> yeah, Hildebrink is definitely a really good pickup for MLS too. And I'd imagine this would mean or for an MLS side, I'd imagine this would mean it's the end of Alec Khan as being a backup to Brad Guzan because you wouldn't pick up Hildebrand if he wouldn't have a shot at playing. Kevin, I know you're, you're well, I mean, probably familiar just because, you know, it's hard to not be familiar with anything related to FC Cincinnati, but you do know yeah. a little more than most, I would think, about Cincy's new keeper. Um, you, you know, what are, what are kind of your feelings about him being a, a, a Cascadian native? Oh, well, I mean, it's totally fine. Uh, as far as Atlanta getting uh, a really nice keeper, that's good for them. Probably does mean the end of Alcon. Where he goes, who knows? Um, but yeah, it's all good. And then uh, the the other big one, as far as well, player movements. Uh, Justin Portillo and, and Mikel Chang moved from the Charleston Battery to the the Real Monarchs, uh, which is like the third, pretty much like. All the big names, except for Romario Williams, as far as the battery goes, now not with the team anymore. Um, and Real Monarchs look to build on a successful 2017 season with some big names to add in 2018. Yeah, the Charleston looks like they're pulling a Richmond kicker from last year where their entire team goes away and they just plummet in the standings. I, They have to do something sooner. They're going to lose their record as being the perennial Eastern Conference. They're a good team set up. Mm. Yeah, it seems like they're definitely restarting the franchise here and moving forward into a new season with at least a new core of players. 
Right. One one thing I'll think it means is I think Real Monarchs at this point, unless they start losing people, they're look. I think their minimum goal is a top four appearance in the West again. Their yeah. team looks good, and after a couple of years of disappointment, they look like they actually may be one of the big dogs for a couple of years running now. Mm. Yeah, but you got to think too with Monarchs being a, a MLS you know, 1.75 team. Um, do, do some of the guys that did well for, um, you know, Monarchs move up to Real Salt Lake proper as well? Um, you know, because I don't... I, RSL is not a young team. Um, so you, you got to think maybe a little bit of, of a youth injection from some of the guys on, on Monarchs and then kind of fill in the spot with two of the better players in in USL um, in a way in Portillo and Chang would be, would be an interesting... Uh, Fit or maybe they think Portillo and Shank can offer the first team something, so we're stashing them in, in the USL side. Well, we saw it happen when Dane Kelly moved away from, wasn't it, from Charleston over to Reno and <laughs> Charleston has swooped and swooped yeah. to Reno. Yeah, it's one of those where he became, after leaving Charleston, a veteran, veteran good player, looked like he was 10 years younger out of nowhere. Kev, one, uh, one MLS2 writer to another, when you see guys like that move across, uh, do you immediately go, that's a one-year trial for them to see if RSL likes them enough to bring them in? Um, usually. I mean, at least given my experience with with what the Timbers pick up from T2, um, seeing a lot of our USL guys that, that don't make it, usually, you, I mean, I haven't seen anybody last on that team more than two seasons. Um, everybody just kind of like they'll either if they don't make it up to the first team for like basically a one year trial, then they'll get shipped off to we're not even shipped off. They're just released. And then USL mm-hmm. any any other USL team can come in and grab them for free. And I mean, Real Monarchs, they're probably what the only really MLS two side that did well this season, uh, especially yeah. in the Western Conference, yeah, especially in the, West, for sure. in the West, for sure. East, not so much. But in the West, they're the only one that did halfway decent. And they had like three or four guys that we used to have in T2. Mm. Um, you know, uh, was it Pay, Gallagher, Beasler? Um, mm. They're the top. They're the three that I can think of. But yeah. I'm interested to see if Chandler Hoffman gets a look at when he if he's moving up to the next level. He was at the next level. I mean, he was with LA Galaxy and yeah. didn't make it. If he didn't make it, LA, well, to be fair, you know, LA is big on their stars, so he could still be very good and not make it there. But yeah, I mean, he could have, I think, a better chance to make it in MLS with a shot at, with the Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we just saw former USO Golden Boot winner Sean O'Coley did had his contract declined by NYCFC. Yeah, where's he going to go? That could be interesting. He had to have played, what, 30 minutes for, for the Pigeons? I still can't believe they're called that. Um, Citizens? No, no, that's the English team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt bad for Ugo because he put together a – I mean, he got he got paid. Um, so I guess I don't feel too bad for Ugo. But, I mean, he put together a, you know, a hell of a 2016, uh, won the, um, the USL MVP that year, and then, you know, gets gets – paid by nycfc clearly you know patrick vieira doesn't really see a fit um and, and it's hard to blame him with the amount of attacking talent that he had on that team um but you know just to kind of ship him off to nowhere is is, is interesting um it's, another thing that kind of frustrates me is yeah okay we're an mls2 side our goal is to develop players and bring in kind of you know fringy mls guys to see if they fit in our system but then wouldn't you try to sell these guys for for something I don't know. Yeah, rather than just decline his contract and let right. him go free. 
That's what a lot of these teams just seem to do, though. It is. But if if they really like have no thought, either either there's just no thought about trying to get something for them, or they don't care, or they just know they can't get something for them, then they're just like, yeah, go go, best of luck, yeah. have fun, yeah, yeah. find something somewhere. Uh, and then, and then, we, uh, well, there's a couple that I that I missed. I said like the other two things. Uh, one, LA Galaxy two made a bunch of moves. I know uh, some other. Jack McBean was the one that stuck out to me. I know there was a there was a couple other ones in there. Um, but but McBean could be a dangerous USL pickup if anybody wants them. Um, and then uh, Matt Pickens and and a couple other guys signed for Nashville. Um, which was uh, Omar Ballo and, and Matt Lagrassa, as well as uh, Robin Schrute, who's a, a Northern Irish guy. Um, but uh, Joe Cole and Marcel, Marcel Schaefer are back for the Rowdies. So um, a, a lot of moves in the league this week. Any, any of those sticking out to anybody? Well, McBean's a big one to me of yep. why he's on the market. That'll be a big get wherever can. Wasn't he second to Okoli two years yeah. ago while only playing like 15 games? The yeah, entire he season. played that, and then he went, or he was loaned out to Coventry City for the other half the season. Yeah. yeah, that was he. He he came in top three Golden Boot race, and only was here half the time, if not even less than that. So, if a team's struggling for goals, that could be a very talent, good pickup. Mm-hmm. And same with Tampa, keeping around two good players. I think again, they're looking to hold their top two grip in the East with Louisville right now. Yeah, yeah, they definitely seem like one of the more solid sides left. And even New York Red Bulls announced the return of players of Andrew Tenary, Noah Powder, Ethan Cutler, and Jordan Scarlett. So they keep a lot of their back line as well. Well, what back line last year for most of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, the front lines were there. They're still good. Yeah. So so with McMean, he's a free agent, but he could sign not just within USL. I mean, he can go anywhere, right? He can, yeah. yeah. I think all I mean, those guys wanted, that are just really could. can go pretty much anywhere they want, really. Yeah. Anywhere McBean they can find landing, a job. Yeah. McBean landing on a USL 2 team seems, uh, MLS 2 team seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Someone's, someone's going to give him a shot, and if he's not doing good, ship him down to their 2 team. Especially uh, especially a, a uh, an MLS 2 team that just let go of a, a, a striker who used to play in the Netherlands. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I would take him in Bethlehem. I think a lot of teams would take him, honestly. But, you know, if I'm being selfish, I, I would love him in, in Steel. Well, um, he, he's played for, what, six years since 2012? Right. Yeah. 2011? Something like uh, 2045. He's been here since 2011 and has just back and forth between the Galaxy and most dose. How many appearances? Like about a hundred or so in those years, probably. Yeah, so I mean, I, it looked like thirty-eight in the two thousand fifteen between two thousand fifteen and sixteen. He had twenty-four in the year two thousand fourteen, and three before he was loaned to Coventry. He, or three in the sixteen seventeen span. Okay. So. Lots. Yeah, he's, he's he's got experience then, and and he's yeah. a forward. He can score goals. So I mean, I think. Given how much time he's been probably with LA too, whether he's loaned or signed or up and down, I mean he, mm. he's got experience, but I'm sure most of his appearances are at the USL side. I'm sure most of his goals are there too, so he he would be a good uh, good pickup for whoever wants him. Sixty five total appearances for Los Dos. Not bad, not bad. Not a lot of guys with that much experience that you can still go, you know, 
and, and, and take a waiver on and, and see if they have something for, for your first team if you're an MLS 2 side, for sure. Yeah. And Jack McBean also scored 26 goals in those 65 appearances, a .4 goal ratio of at least .4 goals in match or an appearance. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I think a lot of people would take that. Uh, the other not so great news in any stretch of the of the imagination and when they put out their little pie chart or whatever i think everyone went "Ooh, this isn't gonna end well uh rochester rhinos announced they are, are taking a hiatus which if you don't have positive connotations of that word i don't blame you uh possible return in 2019 capelli stadium in rochester will host some games though uh, so, gentlemen, I guess first, if we could lament a little bit about the Rhinos and just kind of, you know, uh, well, without knowing, but, you know, why that happened or why it took so long for them to say we need money. Um, and then who do you think would play there? I know there's a couple obvious, you know, uh, teams in the mix. I guess the, the two clubs in Ontario, Canada, um, and then I think the Riverhounds even are kind of the, the third closest team. Um, and then you have... You have the Harrisburg uh, relationship, but uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave it up to whoever wants to kind of talk about the Rhinos as a whole, um, other than, wow, this was terrible news, and then just kind of what you would do with that stadium. Well, th- this is the f- they've been a team that's that's been around every year since 96, right? Like, they yep. haven't taken breaks or because nope. of financial... The, I know that they've there's been talk of it in, in the past, but usually they get saved at the last minute, so... It is kind of weird, kind of sad that a, a team like that, which I, they're the ones that are the only non MLS team to win the U.S. Open Cup since MLS was created, right? Yeah, they're the only yeah. non MLS. Yeah. So I mean, a team like that, like wha- I'm kind of surprised that they would be have to go take a break, step away right. from it for a bit, you know? right? Yeah, and I can't help but think of the last time a U.S. All-Star took a hiatus was with the Austin Aztec after the 2014 season. They say they return and. Here we are, and the so side is, um, there's still a USO franchise that would possibly still be going to Austin. I mean, and if we go further back, I know the Hammerheads took a hiatus in 2010, and they eventually returned in 2011, though. But when the Aztec took a break, didn't they, when they quote-unquote returned, didn't they return as the uh, Orlando City? That was the first relocation of, I think, I was referring to the um, second Austin Aztec group oh, that the second, had their the stadium second. flooded. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this... Yeah, the Rochester thing just kind of sucks to me. I mean, I've only been really following this league a lot since 2014, so I'm still relatively-ish new Mm. compared to some of the old guard people. But out east, Rochester has been my favorite team to watch. So this one really, really stings for me. I've, I mean, partially it's because of Lily Ball, and I actually actually do like watching Lily Ball, unlike most (laughs) people. But they've been always a good team to watch. The players have been good. They've been solid. It's been a consistently well well put out uh, product on the field and for them to go away to me really sucks because they've been my East Coast favorite since they've there's been at East and West. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Kevin, I agree, especially given their history um, and, and as much as that club means to, or should mean to us soccer as a whole, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and then I, I think even as a team, like, like pony, like what you're saying, as far as, 
you never went in there and went, yep, we're going to, you know, we're going to win. Um, and this is going to be points or especially if you were in Rochester, you'd go, we would love a draw. Um, you know, well-coached team, good players. They turned Darius Madison into, into a pretty formidable striker. I'd be really interested to see where he winds up. Um, you know, uh, and, and a very strange thing. I, I, I don't think they went about trying to get money as best they could. There was no like, and this sounds terrible. If they threw up a Kickstarter, I think they would have would have gotten a lot more help. Because it was it was what you can buy season tickets and that's about it. Yeah. As far as public input goes, um, you know, and, and I, I, I like the team. I would, you know, if there was anything I felt like I could do and the, I wasn't going to buy season tickets for the Rochester Rhinos. I'm sorry. I, I, I would never use them. But and, you know, it's one of those things. If I, if I knew someone would use them, then, you know, maybe I'd, I'd think about it. But, you know, so that's the other thing that kind of throws me off was, well, why didn't you guys try as hard as I think you could have to save the team? And, and it's a good team to save, too. I right. mean, they won every they won everything in what, 2015? They I don't know how well they did in 2016, but last year they were what fourth place in the East yep. in a good conference. I mean, I mean, all those players like there's some good players that uh, other teams are going to get get lucky if they can take them. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. it's 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 really just sad. I mean, you, you hate to see any soccer club go away or move for that matter because it. I mean, I kind of feel like soccer more than other sports will will get like kind of sit in your in, in the local culture more strongly to mm. a small. I mean, maybe to small groups of people, but the, but it sits in your local culture more strongly than like other major sports i mean an nba team we're used to seeing those guys move around footballs oh no stadium we'll just pick pack up move you know but you don't see the soccer teams pack up and move they they stick around and they kind of like they build a community build a support and and build a culture and so it really sucks to see when one just goes away or or even threatens to get moved like columbus you know yeah I think that just kind of builds a lot more into the um global nature of the sport i mean we see so much support across england across europe for all these clubs and it definitely has translated here that and it's just a shame whenever a team is having to go on hiatus or it's being threatened to move yeah um so we we did a lot of social media type things this week this is a weird i hate why did we end with this this is a terrible segue (laughs) this is awful who did that ryan you did this to me i hate you very good lead uh, guys, we did a Twitter poll. We asked you who you think will be awarded the next two MLS franchises and who you think should be awarded the next two MLS franchises with your options being Cincinnati and Nashville, Cincinnati and Sacramento, Nashville and Sacramento, and Detroit and anyone. I had to uh, put a fourth option in that it include Detroit, okay? Uh, well, I, I appreciate it. Detroit uh, in a miracle? In in the who do you think will be awarded the next two MLS franchises? The majority of you guys really hate Cincinnati, apparently, and said Nashville and Sacramento. It was 53% of the 260 of you that voted. Uh, and then in the which teams do you think should be awarded the next two MLS franchises? I'm glad everyone thought logically and said Cincy and Sacramento. Uh, and that was uh, 56% of the 661 of you. With, uh, with Cincy and Nashville finishing second there. Um, so guys, well, what are the four teams that are, so Cincinnati, Sacramento are definitely two of them. What are the other two teams that are up for the four 
finalist mm-hmm. positions. Nashville SC and an unnamed Detroit club. Oh, so it is those four. So if Nashville is literally just now joining the USL, I'm kind of surprised that they're already – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I am surprised, but I shouldn't be, that they're up for an MLS expansion because it's the way MLS works. That well, just means that, I just means Nashville's got money. They're going to try to do a Cincinnati with it. Yeah. I think really that's what that comes down to. And if it works, cool. If it doesn't, it's going to look weird. The Detroit one, I think they just needed to name a fourth team and like San Antonio like pulled out themselves. I I think I, I saw that. Yeah, just not giving those teams false hope. Give it to someone who doesn't have much of a fan base behind them. Don't tempt St. Hey, Louis hey. or... Hey, Detroit City is going to be mad on the internet about that. <laughs> yeah, they're going to hear from all seven. An, ML, of their fans. an MLS wanting fan base. The Detroit City fan base doesn't seem to want from the some of it doesn't seem to want it's MLS true. as much. They're happy with what they got. But, but you, I was going to say it makes it does make sense though. Like you have to say there's four finalists and not three because then <laughs> yeah. you then you have three cities like well I got a two thirds chance and my city is going to join MLS. Yay! Right. It's going. Not, it's not going back to my uh, my Don Garber is the bachelor analysis. <laughs> you know like he's gonna take all these clubs out for individual dates and like he has to I, well, he has to have detroit there because like they're the uh the the non-white one Careful. or whatever like it's the <laughs> is that i didn't want it but we all know that's how the bachelor works right like it's oh you're not white you're getting voted off in the same <laughs> it's kind of screwed up but like that's what detroit is in this case well, it is screwed up it's definitely a screwed up system cease and desist from both the offices of mls and abc uh that'll be fun <laughs> um so yeah guys, what yeah. timeline people think detroit will get the team and what two percent of people who voted the other one thought detroit should get a team uh, so those are called robots um, what they do is people will program them to vote on something and they'll just do it. Uh, however, the person that programmed this didn't want to have anything come off suspicious. So they just kind of were like, just vote for it twice. And and here we are. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but, but guys, I guess, you know, who are we going with or, or who did you vote for in this poll? And then, yeah, is, is there any way that Detroit gets an MLS team soon? Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, let, let, let's break it down into the, into the first first poll, which was which two teams do you think will be awarded? Um, that one's kind of hard for me because uh, I think Sacramento will be, but then again, they've been like dancing with MLS, doing this little business with them for like since 2014. So I don't know if MLS is going to be like, well, we've kind of you know been pulling you along this all this time. Maybe we'll finally let you in. Or if they're just going to be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, for me, it's like which two teams will be awarded. It's going to be whoever's got the most money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about the cash. I mean, Nashville, I mean, if they got some big sponsors, whatever their ownership group's going, maybe they gave Garber a reach around. I mean, they could get their MLS contract and just go from skip USL. Um, now, who should be awarded? Obviously, the two teams with the best and largest fan bases, which is Cincinnati and Sacramento. Mm, mm. So, I mean, I know who should be, but who will be is kind of up in the air. Yeah. That's right. a fair I, point. Yeah. I still think one of the things that's going to hurt Cincinnati a bit is actually Miami. Because the stadium situation is so much more locked down for Sacramento and Nashville. I could see MLS being mm. terrified of having anything happen like what happened with Miami. Even though I trust Cincinnati 
infinity more than Miami <laughs> to get their stuff together. And that's not saying a lot for what's happened in Miami. Right. I could see MLS being a little bit nervous that they have another situation where yeah. 2020 rolls around and Cincinnati's going, how about we just use Nippert for another two years? And I think that is something that's MLS, if they don't get it, I think it's more of a fault of Miami than it is of Cincinnati for not being in the not being an MLS team this year. Well, the other situation you want to think about too, with with, as far as Cincinnati goes, is is you know what could potentially happen with Columbus because what kind of fallout would MLS get if they ended up allowing the Columbus Crew to move to Austin and then oh hey Cincinnati you can join that way we keep a team in Ohio. I can, I, can see it. I, mean, I can see him doing that, but it would be like, uh, that's a dick move, guys. I can tell as a fan of the crew, most of Central Ohio would not root for Cincinnati if they joined MLS in place of Columbus. Yeah. Well, now, now here's a question then. If if uh, if MLS decided that they were going to work around, keep the, the crew, and let Cincinnati join, like would that uh, create a really good... Yes, um, like a natural rivalry in real. Ohio, a real rivalry. Because that would be good. Say so. I mean, because we saw the Open Cup match, the Hell is Real Derby. I mean, that would be awesome because I think there needs to be more, you know, genuine rivalries outside of like DC, New York, and Portland, Seattle, in mm. MLS. I mean, the, you know, I mean, you got uh, not Austin, Dallas, and Houston. That they do good, and you have, we have Cascadia, but it's Dallas just, and Chicago. Just, uh, that's not a, that's not a rivalry. They're the Fire and Brimstone Cup. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna put up a map of the United States. I'm gonna take two darts. I'm gonna throw them at random <laughs> Listen, cities. When you made that rivalry, and you had six teams. You kind of go with what you got. <laughs> that's fair, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if I if I wanted to make a rivalry in MLS, I just take two cities or t- two darts, throw them on a U.S. map, and then flip through a dictionary, close my eyes and pick a yep. word, and then, hey, it's the blank cup. Yep. <laughs> Germain cup. Wait, what? Didn't the Germain know? Jones cup? The, the <laughs> Revs and the, and the Rapids? <laughs> no, like, like, uh, or like a Germanic descent cup, is that? Oh, I learned a new word from Chris Reifer the other day, because okay. uh, he's a, he's a, you know, he works with Stumptown Footy, he's a yeah. As a lawyer, but but Germain's actually like a word. It's an actual okay. word. Like G E R M A N means relevant to a subject under consideration. So oh, that's why I thought of that. I'm like, ooh, I learned a new word today. Fancy so lawyer talk. We could, we could just rename the MLS Cup the Landon Donovan Germain Cup. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking? We talk about the U.S. Okay. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think benefit MLS if they had a, basically another rivalry in the league, like. Crew in Cincinnati. I mean, currently, right now, the crew's closest rival would be Chicago, and their Trillion Cup, Trillium Cup rival with a rivalry with Toronto, and that's even tough because they play in two separate countries. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the other rivalries right now in American soccer as a whole are very like Big Brother, Little Brother too. Like the Union and Red Bull. It's like they don't really. One sees it as a rivalry. Yeah, and and. You know, New York City and New York Red Bull, uh, all right, uh, Red Bull playing in New Jersey, so they're not really going to pay attention to each other. And, you know, Red Bull think that New York City bought the league and New York City thinks that, you know. So a lot of it's very, like, weird, like, you know, skip, like, uh, semantics and he said, she said and county lines and everything. So, like, yeah, if Crew and and, uh, and FC Cincinnati came in, there's a 
proper derby right there, which would be huge. Exactly. Um, the other thing that's blowing me away, and they're still happening, which is scary, because we're not going to have enough time to get to all these friends. Um, or, or, you know, it's like you guys are interacting with each other and being nice, which is good. <laughs> like, no one's yelling at each other yet. Uh, maybe in DMs. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we asked you guys for questions on the Twitters. Uh, it's at the USL Show. Um, feel free to give us a follow. There's almost 900 of you, which is scary. It's too many people. Um, so I, I guess we'll just kind of dig into them. Um, oh boy, where do I want to start with these? I guess we'll do one that we 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 pointed out before we went on air. Um, Claude Cracker. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. I won't mispronounce your Twitter handle though, because that's where the plugs happen, baby. Um, at Blues and Beaches, does it benefit clubs to be open with personnel moves or play it close to the vest as long as possible? Um, I'm sure Kevin and I will have a certain answer on this and, and Pony and Ryan might have another answer on this. I don't know how the hammerheads worked in the past, but I, you know, whoever wants to go for it, go for it. Well, I'll go ahead and talk since I know some of the, I know uh, from my, from my side of things, I mean, and again, I don't know what the other MLS clubs do when they release information about their USL two or their, their two sides for USL. But when it comes to the Portland Timbers, uh, literally there is no information whatsoever. I think the first season that they came about, there was a preseason where you go watch teams. You know, I was able to report on a couple things. Um, but la- I don't remember the beginning of 2017. There was no, I mean, there was a preseason, but there was literally no information uh, said about it. No, like no press release, no invitation. Um, two days before their final preseason match, they had a little blurb saying, Hey, uh, we're going to play university of Portland. Uh, in two days, you can come by and see it. It's our last preseason game of the year, right before the, the season starts. And it's like, what? <laughs> Where did? You, and, and the same thing with the Tim. What they do is they they don't announce at all any of their roster moves. I mean, for all I know, all the players are no longer with T two. All of them. <laughs> they're just they're just going to rebuild the whole thing. For all I know. Um, I mean, I remember last off season, it was like. Ben Polk was a player that the Timbers had picked up in the draft uh, with the 2016 draft, 2015 draft, mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. and um, had played with, I think he ended up getting signed with T2. Offseason happens, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Orlando City B is announcing a new signing, Ben Polk. What? <laughs> what? And then and the same thing happened with Carlton Belmar. Like He was the 2015 mm. Rookie of the Year. Uh, play still played well, you know. I think with T two with his limited minutes in 2016, and then in the off season, you don't hear anything, don't hear anything. Then Swope Park's like, "Hey, we got a brand new striker." Wait, I thought he was ours. Mm. And they just pick him up for free. Like, like the Timbers don't give a rip about getting anything from them. So, I mean, does it benefit the clubs to be open? As far as that goes, I don't know how it benefits the Timbers to be quiet on stuff. I mean, if it comes to their academy players that could potentially be poached or trialists that could be, you know, maybe poached by other clubs if they come around and and scout, I understand that much. Mm. But but as far as just being like like not just quiet or secretive, but like absolutely like, you know, black op, completely top secret off the record with literally everything they do with that side. It's like, why? Mm. Why do that? I mean. People might be interested in what you're doing. Maybe <laughs> just just a little bit of transparency. I mean, I can't I can't even put my eyes up against the window and see 
through. Like, can I just right, see a couple right. inches through the window? Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, the Union, uh, well, you know, by way of steel, um, are very uh, good about giving roster move information. Um, uh, you know, like, so I know who we're bringing back next year already. Um, as far as, as the trialist thing, as far as the academy thing goes, I, I totally understand that part of it because it is, you know, a big deal. Um, I know we were kind of hot and cold linked to um, Ronaldo Dumas, the, the Haitian, uh, for a little bit um, through Steel, and he was just kind of on trial. Uh, but yeah, the, I know um, another example, Amobi Akuga was a guy who was you know, uh, very briefly linked to Red Bull too. And I think played a game for them, uh, last year and then, and then ended up with the Timbers. So, uh, definitely, you know, two sides of the coin, but as far as you guys not getting like anything, as far as player announcement goes, that's really bizarre because there is people that care about, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the most bizarre part about it. It's not like, I mean, secrecy and, and like, as we said, mentioned accounting products, trialist that's understandable secrecy to some point completely understandable but when when i'm not gonna i mean there is every chance and I, i'm 100 almost 100 confident that i will not know what the t2 roster will be until the week before the season starts after the draft even you know because yeah, I, I mean like, exactly the way steel works a lot of those guys they drafted you know uh nanco santi moore um even aaron jones you know uh, josh yarrow the year he was picked up they all played ken tribbett they all played for steel um so i don't know if you guys are the same way but like for me i'm like waiting for the super draft basically to see all right here's you know four more guys or three more guys or however many picks we have that are going to join steel probably that that's usually the case with us as well. Anybody that we pick, it's kind of like, oh, I mean, like last season, I called the super draft the T two, um, uh, like the T two uh, sweepstakes. <laughs> the T two sweepstakes. Right. <laughs> Who gets to come and join and play for T right, two? Now, yeah. Who do I, get I mean, there's next year. Yeah, there's there's other reasons that I would understand the club being less forthcoming with information because I know that you know they they run three professional soccer teams: Timbers, Thorns, T two. So a lot of the people in the, in in the organization, you know, share responsibilities between clubs. People are busy, you know, understand a lot of that. But, and I know that now that they're like completely right now, completely uh, swamped with just trying to find a new head coach for the Timbers and get that done. And then also offseason moves for the Timbers take priority. I think the Thorns take priority. So T2, not a high priority as far as that. People are busy. So, I mean, I could understand if that was the case, but. Still, you would think you'd hear something like once a week, once every two weeks, you get a little snippet. Hey, we released so so and so. We kept, you know, picked up the options for so so and so. These guys are going to be, they will be on the T2 roster for next season. It, it could be four or five guys, but right. knowing knowing that you're going to pick up more people from who knows where, super mm. draft picks, academy players will get, you know, come up and play a couple games. Yeah, I mean, I know how T2 is going to fill out the roster, but. Yeah, I mean, as far as knowing which specific people will go, will be on there, I probably won't know until March. I'll know who won't be because if they get picked up by another team, I'll hear those other team announcements. <laughs> right, 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 right. That always uh, seems to be the case. Ryan Pony, I know you guys, you know, different different lives, but you know, what's kind of the? Do you like it when teams are, are close to the vest, or do you like kind of more open channels of communication? Slash, does it matter? 
because like Kevin just said, if they don't sign a player, the other team will just talk about it first. I mean, I mean, I'll play a devil's advocate on this. Basically, if you compare it over to Europe, there are a lot of teams who may play closer to the best because their closest rival is 20 minutes from them. Mm-hmm. And so that may just be to protect their own integrity and keep their players close to their connections. But I could also see the way of having all these different player announcements. People get excited for the next season. Like, oh, we signed so-and-so from Pittsburgh or we... He brought this player up from the super draft. This could just be a way of like building up the hype. Like I know when the Hammerheads did or played in the USL, they would start announcing player or, or at least the players they had signed for new one-year deals or the ones that they were announcing bringing back for a two-year deal. What it was begin in January, and then you'd start building up the roster until you'd reach um, enough for like a full preseason side for February, and then all throughout March and up until the season started, you'd get all the preseason announcements whether they play friendly or not. But I can see at least striking a happy medium of keeping things sometimes close to the vest as a way of just protecting your own side and just protecting your own interests and in a way of also building up the hype and building interest in the community by saying, like, hey, we brought in this big star from this club over in Europe or other various players. Mm. Right. I think one of the big reasons to keep at public is just fan interaction, keep the fans engaged, keep them hopeful. I think Charleston right now, who has lost a lot of key players, if they go through the end of this month and their team has announced, okay, we're signing these guys, that's a legitimate reason for the fans to start to panic about what next season is going to look like. And if you start early, you could even start trying to attract other free agents to come to your team. Because if you see, oh, this team's making moves, they've signed this person, they've signed this person, you know what, maybe if I'm a good free agent, I want to see, talk to them. Don't have them approach me. Approach them and say, where's your next tryout? Can I come try to get signed? Because you're obviously going for a cup title as opposed to this team's just going to play a regular season, finish around the playoff bubble and go home early. Yeah. For sure. Um, Longer on that one, we want to rapid fire a couple of these that are like not super in-depth. Um Sean Fred Town Stomper, S-E-A-N-I-C-U-S-17 on Twitter. Uh, what's the feelings on whether or not the Rhinos will be back in 2019? Um, I guess just a just a quick yes or no from you guys. Uh, if I can if I can put a you know gun to your head, so to speak, uh, now. And I, I said, you know, will Rochester be back in two years from now? Me, it's unfortunately no. Okay. I'm going to go with no because, I mean, once you kind of stop operations, I, I imagine it's hard to get things going again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a lot of variables still in the air, but I'm leaning more no just because, yep. it, again, it's stopping operations. And the last time there was a hiatus, the club ended up not returning with Austin Aztec. Yeah, it's a, it's a clean, clean sweep of nose for us just because that word hiatus to me is very dirty and does not mean good things for uh, for the future of a soccer club. Um, yep. Obviously, I think we all hope that that's not the case and that they are back in 2019, but uh, we have some better judgment to say it's probably not going to be um, the case. Um, let's see here. Uh, how will San Antonio respond this season? The player signings? It's a little vague from Ricardo. Uh you, UGRA, uh, oh man, NR on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Again, they signed Diego Restrepo, right? They did. They did re sign Diego. That was the big one. 
I think, getting him locked up. Yeah, I get uh, Ibiaga too. I'm not sure if he's on contract for the next year or not already, but if you could make sure he returns. I think San Antonio just bring back as many players as possible. You don't really, really need yeah. to look to improve. Yeah, they're not a team that you want to blow up. Just build on build on what you've got and and go from there. Try to just continue to, to continue to do well. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. Exactly. That's the big one. Um Daniel Tyree at Daniel Tyree on Twitter. Uh why don't teams play at Crown's conferences? Which I have a uh, an interesting tidbit on how many teams is too much, which also ties into a question that we got asked by uh, Harry at Raymond Call R A M I N C O L, who said if we're running USL, what is the max teams we would have? Um, and then, um, yeah, so those are the two. Uh, why don't teams play across across conferences? Uh, which I'll bang out here quick. Uh, we can and we have Phoenix played Toronto. Um, what what other kind of Cross conference. Yeah, Tampa Bay played San Antonio. Tampa Bay and San Antonio. You get the St. Louis, Tulsa, those guys yep. who are near the central. Between the two lines, they play a few times. Yep. New York uh, Red Bulls and Los Dos. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, you know well, the um, the motherships were flying that day. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So here here's here's a question though. Um, going into 2018 and and certainly probably 2019, I know USL is exploring or or maybe they are going to do it. Uh, going three conferences, a uh, mm-hmm. West and East and a Central. Um, if they did that, then then how would that affect cross conference play? Because uh, you know the Central people like St. Louis and and, and Louisville and uh, um, Swope Park, Swell Park, all those guys. Well, they they go they go they go back. I know that they go back and forth just because they want to keep those local rivalries and stuff. But once you split it three ways. Which I think will help because I think the conferences right now are way too big. Mm-hmm. Um, then, the, then you kind of eliminate the need for any sort of inter-conference yeah. play. Maybe do like one or two a year in terms of like you just play like a one-off against teams that are kind of closest to you or that you have some history with, just to kind of keep it special. Um, and then maybe do the playoffs by seeding. I don't know. Yeah, um, some. You need some sort of interconference play because otherwise it just turns into three different leagues as if there's Basically, no real. Yeah. And that yeah. point's like who who's to tell one league isn't just much better than the other league. There's no way to compare yeah. them unless they're actually playing cross conference. Yeah. Um, although my uh, my tidbit that I have on on why don't teams play across conferences, if I can speak for the entire league, which I, I try to not do, apparently the offer was on the table for everybody. Um. Or, or at the very least, just the MLS two sides, because I know Bethlehem had an invitation to go and play Vancouver, um, and did not, for uh, for obvious reasons there being logistics uh, and just kind of travel. Um, but they were offered. They said no, so they they played um, Cincy three times instead of twice. That was kind of the give or take. You either did a cross conference or you played someone else a a third time that you did not the year prior. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think if they do go to three conferences, which I want them to, um, especially because I think we're running up right on the edge of the maximum amount of teams that we can have in the USL, um, which what are we at now, guys? Like 34? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, even th- like three conferences, 10 teams each with 30 right. total teams, that's pretty darn big. That's good. 
that's about as big as I would even go is if you're going 30 conferences and if you're going two, you got to keep it down. Like, like 20 is my ideal league size. You like 10. I, I do. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I mean, it 20 feels like a natural number and a lot of, and that, that happens to be the number of leagues in a lot of, uh, or number of teams in a Seems lot of leagues cool. around the world. And, and I think it would work, work better. Now, mm-hmm. as far as like playing inter between conferences, you know, if you obviously want to play a lot of games, one, it helps make a lot of money if we play a bunch of home games away mm. and stuff like that. Two, you know, you just you, you want to kind of get out there and, and get your get your players, whether you're a two side wanting to develop somebody or an independent side fighting for the for a conference title. You know, you want you want to go out there and win. Mm-hmm. So, but what I what I don't like is playing the same team more than twice in a season. Mm. So I I would rather play cross conference, do the travel. Um, to play other teams than, you know, spend my time watching S2 play T2 for a fifth time. Because mm. it gets really freaking old. Is that because you guys were really bad? Is that oh, yeah. Or? Well, I mean, yeah, that too. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because I was going to say on your whole thing about I, I don't like playing anyone more than twice. I think in the East, you saw that third game between a couple teams mean a lot. Or even like early on in the season when Steel beat Cincinnati twice, um, <laughs> which uh, I will never let go. <laughs> Especially if they make MLS, I will hold that as a trophy for for as long as I live. I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, you know, you win those two games, and then come playoff seating time, ooh, getting a little getting a little tight. Um, so you know, and, and even for Steel against Red Bull. So I mean. I see where you're coming from, and I, I I understand that playing a team five times, another one once, or whatever that nonsense was, is is weird and stupid. But I, I like that three times a year thing. Um, I think the max you can do is about what we're at right now before people start going a little crazy. Um, yeah. That and my joke is that like the NPSL announces a new team every twenty minutes. Um, <laughs> it's true. So we can just not do that. That would be that would be great. Well, there's there's actually there's four fourth division teams now in Oregon. That's so strange. I mean, two of them are USL PDL teams, and that's mm. going to be the Timbers under twenty three, which got moved to Salem, and then Lane United, which is down in Eugene. But the NPSL, there what we had a team that got rebranded to FC Mulhouse, and then they created a new team, PDXFC. So we have two like fourth division teams in Portland, and T two, and Thorns, and Timbers. Mm. And Timbers under twenty three in Salem, and a team in Eugene, so bit oversaturation there. It's a little bit. I mean, we're yeah. getting to a, a lot of soccer, and that's just in in Oregon, which is not a heavily populated state. Yeah. Ryan, what's your what's your max? I'd say kind of we're between what we're at right now between thirty and forty. The current USL page lists thirty seven current clubs. I mean, obviously minus Rochester, plus the yeah. expansion sites that they're going to add, whether it's going to be eighteen or nineteen when they join. Is that I mean, counting I, Atlanta too? Yeah, it's counting Atlanta in there with North Carolina F- FC as well. I personally, I like playing teams not, not as frequently because it makes those rivalries, those derby matches, mean a lot more special when you play. We only play these guys twice a year. Let's make the most of this one that we have. But frankly, I I also understand that this country is much larger than what we have in the than what we have in Europe, England, and so it's okay if we have more teams. If we're going to split to three conferences, I can't see them sticking between 30 and 40 teams. I could definitely see them expanding into like 50s into the 60s. 
which may be a bit much, but at least it's within the realm of possibility. And there's enough players and teams out there that people would be interested in watching basically games from pretty much everyone. Now, um, I don't want to go too far off topic, but if USL gets up there in like the 50, 60 team range, which I feel is definitely a possibility, is that counting just division two or that we're we going to count like the, their mm. upcoming division three. Cause I mean, 60 I think, teams between two divisions would, makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have sixty, even fifty division. or sixty, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say if you got like fifty or sixty teams in, in Division Two, and then you're struggling to fill up Division Three with like 10, 12, 14 teams, like uh, you, some something's gotta gotta give there because it's way unbalanced. Thirty in each sound. Now that I I forget D three is a thing because it's not real yet. Kind of like um, Christian Science or being an Arsenal fan. Um, <laughs> I'm a Liverpool fan, so I find that very hilarious. Well. I'm a Tottenham uh, fan. That's even funnier. Yeah. Pony, I don't even know who you are. Everton. So okay, great. It's been a rough all, season all so safe. far. I'm so sorry for everything. Um, what was I saying? Right, because I don't know D3 exists. Yeah, if you split it up between those two um, divisions, then it's you know it's it's fine. Like 30 each isn't awful. Um, but for now, yeah, the prospect of you saying, yeah, they could fit 50 teams in one division and be like, you know, that's a that's a thing that could happen. It just <laughs> terrifies me. If that's um, a lot. Like I just I can't. That's so many. Like what do you do? How do you it, how do you even begin to to cover that? Well, Please. how do you even begin to like like process that in your head? Because that's a large number. That's, that's like trying to like trying to like process like how does God exist? You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's like some sort of infinite concept that you just can't. It's hard to wrap your not mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fifty soccer teams in one league. Schrodinger's Schrodinger's what? box of questions about soccer. Schrodinger's <laughs> league. I mean, I was looking up just out of or at least. In curiosity, the largest first division league in the world, I believe, is Argentina's Premier Division, which has 28 teams in their top league. And they all play each other at least once. They have to try harder, is, is all I'm hearing. Uh, they just need to go They just need to go crazy. Bring everyone up from Division 2. Just keep going. Who cares? Uh, what do we got? One more question here, and then, then I'll have to do some plugging and, and pitching and such, and then we can get out of here. Um... If you guys will harken back to when we talked about expansion, the uh, the keen listener would notice that both of those teams that we think will be expanded currently play in the United Soccer League. Uh, George, George M. Shiel on Twitter, S-H-I-E-L. Sorry for mispronouncing your last name. It happens to me all the time. It's okay. We'll be fine. We'll do it together. Uh, what should the league do now that it looks like at least two of its higher attended clubs might leave for MLS? I will start by saying absolutely nothing. They're doing a good job of replacing big markets with equally as big markets, really. Yeah. I don't see, I mean, I don't see any issue with Cincinnati and Sacramento potentially going to MLS because USL, uh, they're kind of, they got a lot of momentum and yep. oh, yeah. they're, they're doing things right. And I, and I think they'll continue to grow regardless. Here's an unpopular opinion. Um, I think the fact that USL can point to two clubs and say, look where they are now, which is in, you know, for better or for worse, the uh, you know number one league in America, as opposed to their Division II um, counterparts, counterparts, the NASL, who are, well, we don't really know what they're doing right now, um, other than their champion just folded. So, I think um, they're just crying in a court somewhere. Right, yeah, but basically. Um, anyway, but you know... 
there is momentum for USL. And I don't think that there's anything bad with two of your clubs leaving. If you've already announced that you're going to have a couple more come in and you look at a team like Atlanta United, who, you know, had a deal with Charleston, but said, you know what? We want direct control over our franchise. So they just put one there. That's huge. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it'll hurt, I guess, the leagues, the, how they look a little bit. Like the big ones, or numbers are going to go down. But they've also done a good job with a lot of their newer teams have good attendance. Or if they keep scouting new locations using the same criteria, they'll do fine. They might not have 20,000 person a game teams anywhere, but you could get most teams over 5,000 if you're smart about where you go nowadays. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, from my view of it, I you was I was just researching this. There was a Greek mythology with um, Hydra, which was a serpent, which had like cut off two head, cut off the head, two more grow back. That's how the USL is operating. If you take away Sacramento and Cincinnati, you're going to have just more clubs grow back. I mean, they just now added Las Vegas, Fresno, North Carolina FC, Atlanta, Nashville coming in, uh, Birmingham, Austin, mm-hmm. hopefully in the future, and then all those other sides is that they'll just keep growing. They'll find new markets to go into and to keep expanding upon the ones that we currently have in the league. Like you look at Louisville, Oklahoma City, Phoenix, for instance, as well. We just got to get Josh to Lincoln, Nebraska team. Yeah. And he'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> to Omaha. There you go. Um, so I know a lot of people, myself included, sometimes when you hear people start rattling off a bunch of where you can find those things like the tune out. That being said, this one's important. Uh, Mike just slipped me a note here a little bit ago. Stitcher, if you listen to us on Stitcher, you're fine. You're going to see this when it goes live. They were really cool. They were like, hey, we're just going to update this subscription. It's great. If you listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, um, anywhere else that does podcasts, you're going to want to look us up again and subscribe to the new feed because it all got switched out. Now, if you listen on BGN.FM, there's my there's my first plug, which is where you can find us. Or even if you go to the USLshow.com, it'll redirect you. You're great. It'll just be there. You don't have to worry about it. You can download it from there, anything like that. Also, links to our Twitter and, and Patreon and everything like that. So if you listen on, on the USLshow.com or BGN.FM, you're great. If you go through a third party like iTunes or Google Play or, or anything else that's not Stitcher, you're going to have to resubscribe. I'm sorry. It's just how it goes. That being said, moving on from that, plug type things. Uh, Kevin, since you're new to most people, where can we find you on the Twitters? And uh, where can we find your your writing and such about the Timbers 2? Um, if you go to stumptownfooty.com, uh, we are an SB Nation blog. Um, I'm a uh, contributing editor there, and I cover the uh, T2, do some match day coverage for the Timbers as well. Um, you can find my writing as well as the writing of many other uh, very good teammates of mine there. Um, and then also we have our podcast. You're usually linked on that website. Um, my good friend Chris Reifer does Soccer Made in Portland, which is one you must listen to. Um, and then my own podcast, Play the Kids. Um, haven't recorded anything since August. Well, that's not true. I've recorded since August. I haven't uploaded since August. <laughs> um, my co-host, Josh, and I, what happened is I got a new job at the same time he moved his family into a new house. And, Oof. like, we just – we weren't able to record for, like, two months. And then when we did, it, it just – I just never got I – got, I got busy and never, like, 
edited and uploaded that episode. So there's kind of a lost episode out there, but, but we should be back in 2018. Um, that is the plan. We're not, we're not gone. We're just on a break. <laughs> so to not use the H. I don't want to use the H word. Oh, ah! won't show up. Um, from Twitter next week, we'll play the kids come back in 2019. <laughs> and then you yes, can find no me. On, you can also find me on Twitter at a McCamish PDX, um, or search my name Kevin McCamish. I'm very out there on Twitter. So Kevin, there, I like the Friends like, reference for on a break. I'm not sure <laughs> both. Um, hey. Uh, Pony and Ryan, you guys can both start talking about where you guys write and then dovetail off into which Twitters you have because you both write on the same. That, that was the anyway. Make my joke for me. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. we're both indomitable, indomitable city soccer writers. I almost always flub that one as I try to say it. Tricky. So of course I tried it. I don't know why. Whoever. Yeah, blame blame other people who are not here. But we're always right on Twitter. That's at Blurbs Indomitiva. Again, can't know something I can never could say. So I think Blurbs Ryan should do this next time. I, I think this is Ryan's spiel next time instead of mine. Yep. But my Twitter. <laughs> yeah, see, and my own personal Twitter is at Iron Pony Chef, which is a pun wrapped in a second pun and a hidden joke. And I'll throw over Ryan to throw his stuff up there now. Wait, wait hold on. No, I, I can't let you go now. You said your Uh-oh. own personal Twitter. Do you run someone else's Twitter impersonally? <laughs> um, yes. No. Unfortunately not. One of these days I might decide to make a fake account, see how long it takes to get picked up. Ryan? You guys can find me on Twitter at ILM underscore Ryan. Basically just tweeting mainly about stats and everything else in the world of soccer. I just did one about the World Cup group stage and Group C, group of death, is my opinion. Ryan, do you think if we start doing the airport gimmick again, people are going to get mad at us? Or probably. All right, great. We'll do it next week. Uh, I am. I'm. Uh, I'm Evan Blah. I am the USL editor. Um, hello, Chris. You do wonderful things for Harrisburg City Islanders slash Penn FC slash. They haven't changed their Twitter yet. So who fucking knows? It's awesome. <laughs> it's great. They still haven't changed it. I'm confused every. Um, Anyway, that's all over at Brotherly Game, uh, at Brotherly Game, BrotherlyGame.com. We are also at SB Nation site. Um, we basically made Mike the black sheep in the family, and he doesn't even know it, but it's amazing. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Valella V and Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C. Um, there's a picture of me and my really cute boyfriend, as well as a lot of tweets. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Um yeah, but uh, other than that, at the USL show is our Twitter. We also have a Facebook. If you'd like to, to join us on there, you're certainly welcome. Um, I'm trying to figure out how that works. It's going okay. Let me know. Um, DMs should be open, and our messages on Facebook are open. So uh, if you need anything, get at us. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Mike. We like to, to make fun of him, but we do appreciate him uh, having us on in the beautiful game network of podcasts. Uh, and uh, definitely listen to everybody else. There's way too many of them. I try to name most of them off, and I never get anywhere close to, to far. But don't listen to Mongols. That's the one I'll tell you not to listen to. They're awful. Um, they're really homers towards the Riverhounds. They do some decent interviews with players and things like that. They had a good one with Bob Lilly, who's their new head coach. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, until then, guys, it's uh, it's been real. It's been fun. Uh, this has been the USL Show, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon.